this is Jim. Welcome to the first episode of Kitchen Table Adulting. And today we have Megan, and we're going to discuss budgets. Hello, Megan. Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for being part of our very first episode. Thank you for having me. Seriously. There's a, uh, there's a reason that our first episode here is about budgets, and that's because uh, in order to be successful as an adult, you need to learn to manage money. Would you agree, Megan? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, just for the audience to understand uh, some of our conversation, you are the mother of three, including a baby. Yes, absolutely correct. Okay. So let's, let's start here. Um, what did you learn about managing money growing up? So growing up, actually... Um, had a pretty traditional sense of what a budgeting, a good budget atmosphere would look like. And what I mean when I say that is um, both of my parents worked very hard. I wouldn't say that they came from money at all. They grew up very, very, very poor themselves. However, they were both able to um, overcome that and, you know, grow and move and, you know, buy a house and just afford things. And now, of course, later in life, they can go on vacations because they manage money properly and just stuff like that, you know, have things set up for their grandchildren and their children. So um, my mom actually really did uh, most of the financial um, upkeep in the house. And she, you know, taught me as best she could However, whether or not I took that advice. <laughs> ah, I think yeah. that's that's something that uh, the audience members are going to relate to is some some people hear their parents say things and they go goes in one ear and out the other. Yes. yes. Okay. So what do, what do you, how would you describe your approach to managing your household budget now? So now, obviously, with uh, three small children, I definitely cannot be frivolous like you typically are when you're in your 20s and things like that. Um, I had to learn very quickly that um, you must have willpower to sit down, sit yourself down and be real. Be realistic about, you know, your budget and what you can afford and what's appropriate for you. Okay, gotcha. And, and honest, how, how would you rate yourself right now? <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> I would say that, I mean, obviously, given the circumstances, 2020 is a little different. Um, with, you know, the pandemic and such, I, it forces you actually kind of, it's not like I could go out and spend frivolously or go to restaurants or anything like that, that I, you know, probably typically would or beforehand. Um, so I'm probably doing a little bit better. However, you know, given the circumstances, can't really there's pros and cons there. Let's just say that. However, I've been on a pretty strict budget for the last couple of years. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And that, that is a fair point that COVID restricts uh, certain spending habits that might otherwise exist. So to whatever extent that helps you, let it help you. Yeah, correct. It does. I will say on that point, and then we can move on, of course, but um even though, you know, just playing devil's advocate, even though you're right, I can ride that wave for so long. However, the flip side of that is it also really damaged an income, you know, income wise, just overall for everyone pandemic wise. You know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about 
everyone's favorite topic, monthly expenses. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so obviously you, you rent a place, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's start with that. What is, what is your monthly rent? So I actually pay $900. Okay. And then on top of that, of course, there are some utilities. So what utilities are you paying? I pay um, electric, of course. I pay gas. Um, my water's included in that rent. Um, okay, that helps. Mm -hmm. Do you know what your last electric bill was? Yes, it was $107. All right. And so I'm guessing that's in part because we're, we're at the, in Virginia at the tail end of air conditioning season. Correct. And where I'm at, I can kind of float. I, I've got a lot of shade in certain parts of the afternoon and stuff. So it doesn't get boiling in the house. Okay. And then what was your last gas bill? My last gas bill was $32. Okay. <clears throat> but your heat is gas. Yes. Okay. So as we transition from air conditioning season, the electric's going to go down and the gas will go up. Correct. And that's an unfortunate thing that again, budgeting wise, you have to really plan for, you have to look ahead for those kinds of seasons. Absolutely. Uh, do you happen in just off the top of your head? Do you remember how high your gas bill got last winter? Honestly, I cannot, but I do remember it being comparable to my AEP bills. That's electric. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. All right. And then other monthly expenses. I, I assume like everybody, you have a cell phone. Correct. And what are you paying for that? I pay 70 for that. Okay. And then do you have cable or internet at the house? Yes, I have internet. I have Wi-Fi. We don't have cable. Okay. And uh, what are you paying for the internet? I pay 50 bucks a month. All right. And then we had, we had talked the other day that currently you do have some student loans, but you, you have them uh, temporarily suspended or something like that? Yeah. So obviously, again, referencing 2020, um, they kind of did a deferment for everyone until December 31st of this year. Um, and then, of course, in years past, there's been um, times where I've, you can have deferments for specific times, too, like periods of times. Okay. But if you were paying it, it's about 120 a month. Yeah. Okay. And then all of these other exciting adult topics. <laughs> uh, so then you have auto insurance and renter's insurance. And yes. you told me you pay that every six months, but if you were paying monthly, it's about 129 a month. Yes. Included. Correct. Okay. Which is such a pain. They are. You're right. I, I feel like as you're talking about these, Jim, I just... It's like a root canal. <laughs> I'm, well, I, I'm sorry to put you through this, but you are no. doing great service to the listeners who will no. hopefully somebody out there who's 17 or 18 years old says, oh, wow, there's a lot more to this than I thought. Absolutely. And that's the goal for sure. Okay. So those are sort of your monthly expenses, but then there's groceries and you've got three kids. So right. what are you, what are you spending on, on groceries? Honestly, that is a huge variant in the budget. So it's anywhere from 80 to 100 to sometimes 125 to 150 okay. you know, per week. And that's, you know, expensive. So absolutely. Although, you know, kids like eating. So uh, 
Oh yes, lots of mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so that's a pretty good summary. So with the groceries fluctuate a little bit, but you're all in at least 1800 to 1900 a month. Correct. Okay, gotcha. And let's let's talk quickly about paying bills. So for the audience, there are basically three ways to pay bills. There's the old school paper checks you can mail in. Then there's paying online, what I'd call deliberate payments where you log in and say, I want to send say $32 to the gas company. And then there's sort of option three is an auto draft or what's called EFT, where the gas company just takes the money, whatever is due. So which, which option are you using? I typically pay online um, with my rent, of course. I pay that in person, that's just a personal choice. Um, I don't even write a check for that. I've actually, I mean, this is getting personal, not that you have to know this or do this, but the preferred way that I've always done it, I guess being old school, is I always get a money order, which some people be like, oh, that's such a waste of time or whatever, whatever. It's just to me, I know it's out of my checking account, it's in their hands and I've got a receipt right there, things like that. So you know, otherwise actually, I pay online. Actually, but you do, do you do the online where you, you go pay each individual bill as it comes in or do you do auto draft? No, I do not do auto draft. I pay each individual bill as it comes in and that's actually factored into my budget because I schedule a lot. Like I plan, like I have a planner. Okay. So. Gotcha. It have to actually, do it. <laughs> so the, the money order actually, um, it's a little bit of an unnecessary step, as you said, but as you mentioned, as soon as you go have that money, or you probably do that at the supermarket, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as you do that, the money's out of your account. So for people who are having spending discipline issues, that actually does solve that problem. That's actually exactly why I do it. Um, and the re, the re, well, the habit that formed due to a bad experience with different landlords or different management, um, where I used to just write checks and it would, I've had different cases of um, claiming that they didn't get it. And then that's an issue, you know, with your bank and voiding a check and all that, other, you know, or stop stopping payment, things like that. Um, and then I've also had a scenario where you're exactly right. I wrote the check. They didn't clear it when I thought they would. And then frivolous spending or irresponsible spending bit me. Ah, I was actually, so, that's, that's one of, one of my questions. Have you, have you ever bounced a check? I've never bounced a check. It's just in that scenario, it really really put me in a bad position. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think back to my own experience. I'm sure in college, I bounced at least one. Uh, I've never bounced a check. And the only reason why is because I've not known people like personally in my intermediate family or anything like that, but I've known people who have had horror stories of bouncing checks and then it's a like legal nightmare. So could not go there. Yeah, I mean, at a, at a minimum, if you bounce a check, the bank's going to hit you with a fee, which probably is north of $50 now. I, 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 I'm I fortunate to not even know what the current charges are, but, you know, yeah. 25 or 30 bucks is when, when obviously by definition you're out of money, it's an additional uh, blow. Correct. And, and like you said, I, 
I, I do that specifically, even though it might be a minimal fee extra, like a 99 cent charge additionally. So $901 per month, I still, I will pay that $1 every time just for peace of mind. Yeah. Okay. So and this is for the benefit of the audience because due to COVID and your, you actually have two sources of income, we're not specifically discussing your income, but I did some quick math today. Um, there's actually a really cool website for everyone called paychecksity.com. And if you put in an hourly wage or a monthly salary, it'll calculate all your deductions and tell you what you're taking home. So just for the benefit of the audience, looking at Megan's household budget of let's say 1850 a month if you make $15 an hour and work 40 hours a week you, you can do the quick math it's $600 gross and then I'll quickly run through the deductions because some of the people in the audience probably aren't even aware of what's taken out of their paycheck but it would be 39.59 for federal taxes 37.20 for social security $8.70 for Medicare, and then Virginia state taxes is $24.57. So basically the net on your 600 bucks is you take home $489.94. And if you multiply that out by four, you're bringing in, bringing home basically $1,959 a month. So, uh, you know, for somebody making $15 an hour, if you're lucky enough to make $15 an hour, and your household expenses are 1850, you are barely clearing it. You are absolutely correct on that. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm trying to drive home to this audience is that you have to get very intentional with how you spend your money and how you plan. And uh, actually, another question for you, Megan. Uh, how, how, could, how would you handle a unexpected car repair of 500 bucks? How would I handle it personally? Or could you handle it? Well, that fluctuates. <laughs> okay. That, that fluctuates. I mean, if we're being honest, it fluctuates. And, right. and, and I know I'm not alone, so I'm comfortable saying that. No. Um, personally, I would have to probably phone a friend. Okay. Um, I do have certain savings tucked away where if there is like an immediate emergency, like I need to run to um, get a part for my car, I can do that or things like that, or like oil for my car, oil filter, things that are like 25 and $50 here, I've got the cash set aside for things like that. Okay. Um, but huge emergencies uh, catch me by surprise, oftentimes most years. Um, Again, as probably the vast majority of listeners or people in general. Um, but again, I would probably at this stage in my life have to ask for help or put it on a credit card or like, and that's the kind of help I'm, I'm referring to too, is like, I would be able to probably put money down towards whatever the emergency expense was. Okay. However, would it be all of the emergency expense? I'm not sure. Yeah. And actually for, for the audience, I remember um, there was a study done. I think I saw it on CNN. So I'm not sure if it was done by CNN about a year and a half ago that said, I think it said 59% of Americans cannot handle an unexpected expense of $500. That's 
That sounds accurate to me. Yeah, which is, you know, probably is accurate, but also terrifying. It is terrifying. You're right. Accurately terrifying. (laughs) Thus the need for uh, some kind of emergency fund. And we're not not picking on you today because life circumstances are what they are, but certainly in everyone's best interest to build up an emergency fund. Uh, you know, I, I would say minimum thousand dollars set aside in case, because in, in a lot of people, you know, you could have a car repair, and if you don't have the car working, you can't get to work, so you just sink further in the quicksand. Right, but I will say you saying that is obviously a great and valid point. However, saying you know everybody should just you know at least be able to tuck away a thousand or not. No, that's not how you said it. You said. The goal is to save at least a thousand dollars for which I completely agree with. However, yeah. hitting somebody's ear, that might sound like, are you kidding me? That's, I mean, you just crunch the numbers of somebody making, you know, what was it? $15 an hour. $15 an hour fully. And that was a very accurate representation of every penny you make can go right back out. So Absolutely. it's like, you're telling that to somebody. And in reality, it's like, okay, at least I've got enough money to cover everything, but how the heck am I supposed to tuck anything away? Yeah, and actually, I'm I'm really glad that you pushed back on that because I don't want it to sound easy. I want no. it to sound necessary, right? Because you know, obviously, uh, it takes a while, and and some people, uh, you know, in the income I just described, fifteen dollars an hour, forty hours a week, with your same household expenses, you'd be lucky to be saving on average probably twenty five dollars a month, and seriously. So, you know, at that point, you might look for some side side work, um, you know, whatever you can do to scrape together some more cash, but it would take a while to build up that emergency fund. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. And I hope I'm scaring a 17-year-old somewhere. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with all, that because, on many levels in my life. <laughs> because it's, it's hard, especially, of course, you know, many people in my audience are already out on their own, but for somebody who's still living with mom and dad or mom or dad, they don't see the full gravity of all these expenses. Uh, and so, it, you know, it sort of sounds like, oh, that's boring adult talk. But, you know, as soon as you're out on your own, you're going to wake up to all of these day one. Yeah, it's uh, prepare yourself as best as possible. I mean, there's no rule book for it, but at yeah. least be aware. And, and I would say, I was thinking about this today because I, I want to do an entire episode on balancing a checkbook. And then I thought, well, you know, it's not even really balancing a checkbook anymore. It's all online, which really makes it easier because, you know, going back to my college days, you could write a check and it would take five to seven days to circulate through the banking system. Yeah. I don't know how people survive with frivolous spending or irresponsible spending in that day and age. No offense. (laughs) No, it it very much drove home because back then you, you would have to write everything in your checkbook and and remember, Oh, I already spent that money. It's not there to be had. Whereas with most debit purchases or when you do rent on a money order, it's out of your account instantly and you can see it online, you know, 12 minutes later, you can go check your remaining balance and it's accurate. Right. That's easier. Uh, right. Now, a um, couple of expenses we did not discuss. Uh, you don't, do you currently have a car payment? No, I do not have a car payment. I um, ended up settling for a less than new car, which is great to me, honestly. Um, 
so that I could avoid a car payment. I have had my fair share of brand new cars, used cars, all sorts of things with payments, no payments, and I just needed no payment time. <laughs> oh, no, that's, I, I absolutely believe everybody uh, should buy a used car and if they can pay cash for it, so they have yep. no payments. That's exactly what I did. I saved and I used um, part of a tax return. I had, I had been saving and then I used a small chunk of a tax return to help um, pad that one year. I, I mean, I had gone without a car for six months to say, you know, things like that. So, okay. I mean, it definitely took time, but that's it, it's helped me in the long run. Yes. Do you have to put maintenance on an older car or used car? Absolutely. That's important. But um, at least I don't have a $300 to $400 car payment a month. And, and that's probably shooting low. I'm sure. I'm sure some people your age out there are, are paying five fifty or six hundred for some car they don't need. And again, relating that to what you bring home per month after taxes or even before taxes, and imagine deducting three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred, eight hundred dollars out of your paycheck every month for a car. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and actually, that's a great segue to. Um, one of the other expenses because you have two of your girls are in school and then you have a baby and you have a family member watching the baby while you're working. Correct. Okay. So let's just to further scare the 17 year old out there, <laughs> what, what would you be paying for daycare for the baby if you had to? Okay. So I will say, um, Right after I had this, my, my third child, I did actually research into childcare just to see what the expenses would be, just planning for a new baby, things like that. Um, looking at all my options, obviously that's not the option I chose. And again, to scare our listeners, this is, you'll probably understand why after I make this point. Um, I had, the last I had researched was in January of 2020. And a local childcare provider's um, tuition rate for an infant, which is obviously six weeks to 12 months, was $378 per week. And you must pay that per week. I don't know if anybody's familiar with childcare, how that expense works, but it is a pay per week scenario. Um, and it's just absolute, I, I can't imagine where it's at in other like, metropolitan areas or things like that but it's yeah. scary i actually the only other <clears throat> excuse me the only other data point i have is i knew somebody up in dc and this is going back now nine years ago it was two thousand dollars a month per kid and that was uh, and that was not infants or babies because they're obviously higher needs in the daycare industry so oh my goodness that's insane yeah. So basically, I mean, it goes without saying that if you were paying for daycare, you're almost break even just working for daycare. Correct. It's such a huge expense. Which okay. is so unfortunate because I think a lot of, especially younger parents, I mean, even in your twenties or thirties, I mean, cause even in, in your thirties, it's getting hard now. So, but, but anyway, no matter what age, I, I think that parents thrive to want to be a provider and be with their child and just the way it's, it, it's it's set up, you know, ch child care providers um, try to market to you like, oh, we're your best friend, we'll help you, et cetera, et cetera. But you're really just working and part of your salary or your wages goes straight to it. And it's it's really harsh. Yeah. 
Oh, no, uh, that is that is a very good observation. And then we had discussed you you do have the student loan debt. Do you have any credit card debt now? No, I actually do not have any credit card debt. Referencing back to our uh, first point, that is the one thing my parents did drill into my head and that I actually did listen to was, don't you dare, Megan, <laughs> sign up for credit cards at the age of 18. And I'm convinced because even teachers like in high school or things like that would warn you, oh, you're going to get the credit card applications in the mail, you know, da 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 um, I swear my parents took them out of the mail and cut them up or threw them away because I never once saw what, which I'm glad for. In retrospect, yeah. hindsight 2020, I'm glad for it. So, you know, again, obviously I'm the old guy in this conversation, but when <laughs> I can, this is actually true. And I'll, I'll recap it when I do a credit card episode. But when I was in college, the, the rules were different and they used to actually mail you an approved card. No. So, yeah. They would just straight up mail you a card. With like a limit on it already? Yeah, they'd just tell you like, this is good to $1,000. And all you have to do is call this 800 number and activate it. They were just giving out, loaning out money for free. (laughs) Oh, it was a very, very different situation. Of course, you know, the the backstory quickly on that is that the the credit card companies used to do things, again, I'm referencing my college years, where... They would literally do a t-shirt giveaway on campus where if you filled out like a, a, the back of a postcard with your information, they'd give you a t-shirt. And college, college kids being the geniuses that we were, we'd fill out the card, which included, you know, date of birth, social security number. And next thing you know, they, they mail you a pre-approved credit card. And Oh my goodness. Could you imagine, listeners out there, could you imagine somebody just saying, hey, you have access, <laughs> yeah. spend away. Was, and then sending you a 78,000 page disclosure with font and size negative three <laughs> that you'll never read over telling you, hey, don't forget, you're gonna owe that money you're spending. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was pretty wild. And obviously a lot of people got burned by it. Oh, for sure. So so you don't, you don't have credit card debt. You do have the student loan. Do you have any other debts in your budget? Let me think. Um, I would think it would be top of mind for you. You're on top of it. No, I mean, you know, well, when you said that, no, I don't have any, no, I truly don't. Um, But again, there's, there's definitely been times in my life where I have had, you know, outstanding debts or, you know, bills that I owed, you know, or, or, you know, that, that got backed up and, or that I defaulted on or whatever it, it was, of course. But currently in this state of my life, no, that's, those are the major stress stressors. (laughs) <laughs> and um, any major thing that kind of pops up and surprises me is usually month to month with whether it be car trouble or a medical expense or something like that. Gotcha. And this, uh, this is for, the, for my audience out there, especially that teenager who's now really, really scared about becoming an adult. Um, <laughs> Don't do it. So yeah, kidding. <laughs> you have an alternative, look into it. But yeah, and let us know, let us know. But uh, Megan's situation is very much what we call paycheck to paycheck, where the money comes in and the money goes out. Would you agree, Megan? Oh, absolutely. Again, being thankful of just A, having an income and B, being able to afford my bills. Yeah. And everyone's, uh, you know, 
got to cut themselves a little slack this year during COVID times because of various shutdowns, furloughs, and and that sort of thing. But absolutely, uh, unfortunately, a lot of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I don't know. I'll have to look up a statistic, but I would I would guess it's more than fifty percent. Yeah, I was wondering. I was comparing. I was wondering in my mind, you know, comparing it to that last statistic that we, you know, the fifty nine percent of Americans who cannot afford that that five hundred dollars at least emergency expense. So. That is interesting. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we have covered the uh, budget questions I had for you, and I really appreciate your honesty. I know the audience will as well. But I do have a uh, a final question I I ask all of my guests. Thinking of the whole spectrum of adult responsibility, what is something you wish you had figured out or learned before you turned twenty five? Um, you know, honestly, I would have to say, I just wish it's not that I didn't learn this. It's just the guide to being an adult. I guess I wish in retrospect, I would have listened that, um, you really should try to save your money. Um, even if it is, like you said, $25 a month, $25 a week. Um, you know, from age, specifically for me, for age 25 on, things kind of snowballed and picked up in life. And things that I once, <clears throat> excuse me, spent frivolously on, I, I look at now and I'm like, why would I, <laughs> why did I do that? Why, why did I do that? Or you know, and you just, you never know, you know, I've, I've gotten into terrible car accidents. I've had unexpected things happen where, you know, I thought I was approved for something for a school loan and then that didn't go through. And then I actually owed my, you know, there's just, you know, there's a very, there's, there's a huge variable of things that in the spectrum, sorry, long story short, I guess I would say, I, I just really wish I would have listened to save and just be more conscientious at, conscientious about um spending habits and 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 you know finding out needs versus wants and that that is really really something that I every month needs versus wants is always on my budget that's always a little category on my budget and it really keeps you in check because sorry again for the little teenagers or I'm just kidding that little you're all very important. And I know that you all work hard and things like that too, but just understand that things like tattoos and things like that just aren't important right now. Work hard, save now. And then later you can enjoy all of those things. Because if I had done that before the age of 25, I would be enjoying things now. I would be able to just go out and say, Hey, I, I'm, I want to go on a three day beach vacation and, you know, go jet ski in the ocean or whatever it might be. And, and again, shoot for your dreams or, or save for whatever your goals might be, but just be mindful, mindful of spending, mindful of time management, be smart, put your head to things that will further you always grow, always remain teachable. That's, That's my motto. There you go. All right. Well, I can, I can already <laughs> tell we're going to have to bring you back for another episode because you, you've got a lot to share. So Sorry, I'm so long-winded, everybody. Jim already knows this, but y'all don't. That is quite all right. They're, they're going to be very forgiving because I'm obviously not a professional podcaster by any means. But Well, we'll get there one day. Don't doubt us, everyone.
Absolutely. I, you know, this is episode one. This is the episode we're going to, you know, if I get to a hundred episodes, I'll listen to this one and be like, oh gosh, that was just terrible. I mean, Megan Cringy. was good, but <laughs> All right. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time. And um, I definitely will come up with another episode to have you back sometime very soon. And it was great information. So thanks so much. Absolutely. No problem. Thanks for having me. That concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up questions, you can email me at askjimkta at gmail.com or for more information, check out kitchentableadulting.com. 